0: Um, let's pray for a sec. Father, I just want to thank you for the chance again to be here. And your presence being in this place. Lord, I thank you that your spirit is in us and dwells in us and, and goes with us wherever we go. And that when we gather together in this way, that you just manifest in a place in a different way. And Lord, I pray that as, as I say, whatever I say in the next short while that it would be straight from your heart and would go straight into people's hearts and i believe this is a word from you lord i believe this is something you wanted to say here today so i ask that you would help me step out away, the way and that you would have your way in our lives to stay i ask it in jesus name um i've often i've often got up to, to talk on a sunday morning and And I'd be in my head going, God, I hope that's the right thing now. Am I supposed to talk about this? Or I think I'm right, but I'm not sure, and all that kind of carry on. But I know (laughs) for sure that today I'm supposed to talk about the Holy Spirit. Um, Because I really, last week, after Jordan done such a great job, everybody give Jordan up, yeah? They should be proud. All that table should be proud. He's done a great job. And if you missed it, it's on the podcast, it's up, so get a listen to it. Um, everybody was really delighted with not only that it was an amazing wood but it was a quick wood yeah because <laughs> it was about minus five in here so everyone was really happy that it was a quick wood but it was a great wood and, and um and after I was thinking because next week folks is the beginning of Christmas yeah now it's been the beginning of Christmas for a few people in this room since a couple of weeks ago but it is the beginning of Christmas officially next Sunday it's the fourth of December, and. Um, and the toy show is on Friday night, so that's it. Like, that's the beginning of Christmas then, isn't it, officially? But the 1st of December, we start Advent. And it was like, there's this space in the middle. What am I supposed to talk about, God? What am I supposed to talk about? And I really felt the Lord saying, talk about the Holy Spirit. And not just talk about him. Invite him into the situation. And then I went to two different things this week. And both of them really, really confirmed that the Holy Spirit was what I was supposed to speak about. So... So I believe that what I have to do is, is genuinely a word from God, not just what I think is a word from God. But I'm, I'm almost certain. Um, I am certain, sorry, not I'm almost certain. And I'm so certain, I'm standing up here with glasses because I need to read straight out of the Bible for this one. I'm not putting it up on the screen. If you have a Bible, if you don't, get it out on your phone because you need to follow me. I'm going to be an ax two, all of ax two. But I want to jump back into Luke 24 for a second. And if you don't know the story of how the scriptures were put together. There was a guy called Luke. He was a doctor who was following Jesus around. And at a certain time after Jesus' ascension back into heaven, Jesus put toge- Luke put together a history of the time of Jesus' time on earth. And that's called the Gospel of Luke. And the great thing about it was it was written for people like us. It was written for people with a Western mind. And then he followed around and he finished it with a book of Acts, which is the history of the church the history of the beginnings of the church, which we're still in the history of the church now. They're just not writing about it in the Bible anymore, but there's still people writing the history of the church. And every day you do something for God that's writing into the history of the church. And the chronicles of what we're doing are being kept in heaven. And someday we'll see them. Someday God will show us your part. That, that little video that I talked about, we were created for something great. It doesn't mean that you're going to be famous, and it doesn't mean that everyone on earth is going to know your name. But when you do stuff for God, they know about it in heaven. And when you get to heaven, it will be known about. Because you will get a crown and then you get an opportunity to surrender that crown to Jesus. And that mightn't sound very exciting right now, but I promise you, when you're there, that will be the most exciting thing to be able to do. To be able to go up and go, you know what? This is what you gave me the chance to do, God. (coughs) So every single one of us get a chance to do something great. Every one of us. is not only for some special people. But to do anything great for God, you need his spirit living in you. And you don't only need his spirit living in you, you need to recognize his spirit is living in you, and you need to cooperate with it. And you need to let him change you into the image of Jesus, but you need to let his power flow through you so that you are touching lives all around you. The Holy Spirit wasn't given to us so that we could sit in a room somewhere and become super holy. It was given to us so that we could become salt and light in the world all around us and make an impact and make a difference. And we can touch the lives of our family and we can touch the lives of our neighbors and our workmates, and everybody around us so that they, too, can get the opportunity to go to heaven. And that they, too, can get the opportunity to become salt and light in their world. Because we're not going to reach everybody. In Luke 24, he records where Jesus told the disciples to wait. And I just want to read it for you. It's in Luke 24, verse 49. You don't have to go there. We'll stay in Acts in a minute. But verse 49, it says, I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. And in Acts 2, it says the same thing. On one occasion when he was eating with them, sorry, in Acts 1, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And here's the bit, the fourth point, I think. Jesus told them, wait. Okay? God had a timetable. I don't know necessarily whether it was their timetable or whether they were happy with it or not. I know there's been loads of times my timetable and God's timetable have been two totally different things. If you've ever been a kid waiting on your parent to do something, or if you're a parent trying to get your kid to wait on you to do something, you know oftentimes we have different timetables. And we want something to happen now, and God's going, yeah, it'll happen at the right time. And we'll get the best out of it, and we'll get the most out of it. And Jesus told them, you have to wait But if you wait, it'll be worth it because I'm promising you something that you will get that you cannot get anywhere else. You can get imitations of it all over the world, but you can't get the real thing anywhere else, only from my father. And he will send it to you, but you need to wait. And if you wait, you will get power from on high. And what I want to do is invite you to just come along with me. I'm going to go through Acts 2 and just pick out some points. But what I believe God really wants to do this morning is just for you to sit and hear his word wash over your life and have an opportunity just to sit in that and go, wow, what does that mean for me? How could that make a difference in my life? So if you have it on your phone or you have a real, an actual paper Bible which I'm starting in verse one and it says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Doesn't say this and there, but they were waiting. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven, and where they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, Are not all of these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears him in his own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontius in Asia, Phrygia, I think, and Pamphylia, wherever that is, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Siren, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the words of God, the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke in other tongues. Now, look at, there's, there's, this is telling us that they were speaking in languages or they were being heard in languages. It says they were speaking in other tongues. We don't know what they were speaking in, but the people who were from other countries heard them in their own language. There's a whole thing within the Pentecostal movement where we talk about speaking in tongues, being given a word from God and having the gifts of interpretation. And we can look at this two ways. Either these people were speaking in French and Greek and Hebrew and all the other languages or the people that were hearing them were hearing them in that and they were speaking in something else. It doesn't really matter that much. The important thing is they were hearing about the wonders of God in their own language. And when God... Back in the Old Testament, there was a place where men came together and tried to be their own God, and it was a place called Babel. And God separated the languages back there. And he made people speak in different languages, so he broke them up. But in this one place, at this moment, when the Spirit came, he brought them back together again. And the Scriptures go on to tell us later on that when we're in heaven, it will be all the nations and all the tribes, and we will all sing to God. And I I have slightly experienced that when I've been in different countries where they speak french or spanish or even in belarus we've been in belarus where we've had people singing in english and singing in russian singing the same song but just in two languages and this phenomenal sense of this is the same even though we're speaking in two languages it's still the same i have prayed for a man in english who could hear me in russian i don't know how he figured out but he did there was no one translating i was praying in english he was hearing in russian the Spirit can do miraculous things when we let Him in. Whenever I hear that story of Pentecost, I always think, oh, do you remember when you made your confirmation and you brought up to the Catholic Church? Remember they used to have that picture with the little tongue sitting on the people's heads? And you used to be going, that was weird, wasn't it? Do you know what I mean? But like, imagine how weird it must have been to be in a room with a hundred other people praying. And next thing, because they're trying to find language to describe something that is not normal. The Spirit of God descends into people. It had never happened. It happened rarely and to individuals up until that time. You'll read all through the Old Testament, there'll be a prophet and the Spirit of God would come on that prophet. But most ordinary people didn't have that. The days we live in now, anyone can have it. And that's what happened at Pentecost. The Spirit came and it was spread out and it changed people. It didn't only change them that they spoke in different languages, but it changed them from who they were, which were cowards, a lot of them, into really brave people. Peter, who was afraid of a servant girl when Jesus was getting crucified, now stands up in front of thousands. The same guy. He'd been a big mouth. He'd done all the kind of things that we read about in the Gospels. But he still legged it when the time came. But now he's not running anymore. And you know what? The difference isn't him. The difference is God in him. And I don't have the power in me to change things. But God's power in me can change things. I don't have the power to heal people. But God's power in me can heal people. I don't have the power to lead people to heaven. But God's spirit in me can do that. But I have to cooperate with him. I have to surrender to him. I have to let him in. And these guys were letting the spirit in. And because they let the spirit in, they got it. And you know what they got accused of being drunk? You don't know really relate kind of church services to people getting locked. Or looking like they're locked. Do you? Think about it. That's the Christmas party, isn't it? Oh, your man was hammered. Right? It was in a jock. I remember when I got saved and I went to St. Mark's, I thought they were all nuts. They all looked half drunk. Think back, I don't know who, like some of you came to church here and this is probably your first, this is very tame. I'm, I really is, I'm trying to kind of get it wound up a little bit, it's very tame. Do you know, like like when we went into St. Mark's first, it was people up shouting and roaring and dancing and wave, flag waving and all kinds of stuff. It was like It was like a mad football match only with an American preacher up the front shouting at them. So it was like, it was very different to anything I had ever experienced before. But it was the Holy Spirit. But I could easily have walked out there and gone, they're all hammered. Or they're on drugs or something. But it was the Spirit of God moving. There was a freedom because the Spirit of God was moving. There is a freedom. Have you ever stood here and gone, they're all putting their hands up in the air? and then you do this and you kind of go no one's watching I can put them back there go, oh, you know, no, no no they saw me they saw me okay do you know what I mean like there is a freedom in being able to go you know what Jesus I love you and I worship you but for me that took time but it wasn't even me it was the Holy Spirit walking in me that was going Brian you need to be set free of what other people think you you need to stop worrying about what they think and just worship me And some of you here need to stop worrying about what other people think about you and just get it right with God and get worshiping God and get close to God and let him change your life so that you can be the great person you were created to be and live in the freedom that you were created to have. And these guys got that by being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Not by becoming better Christians, not by reading the Bible more or working harder or doing all that kind of stuff, just purely by the power of God coming on them but they were in the right place for it to happen. There was people outside that room who didn't get baptized in the Spirit because they weren't where they were told to be, waiting. Mm. Peter went on and he stood up with the 11 and he raised his voice and he addressed the crowd. They didn't have microphones and them this. And he went, fellow Jews... And all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. He wasn't speaking English, by the way, either. These men are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. I'm not sure that's a good enough excuse. I've met drunk people at nine in the morning. Okay, I just wanted to say that. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God said, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Who's he going to pour out his spirit on? All people. That's us. These are the last days. Anything after Jesus dying and being resurrected is the last days. We are now waiting on him to come back and the end of the world as we know and the beginning of the new world that we hope and pray for. These are the last days and he is pouring his spirit out on all people. That's from that little babby all the way to the oldest one in the room. I'm not the oldest, but I'm not far from it. <laughs> Just want to say that. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. What does prophesy mean? It doesn't mean they become fortune tellers, it means they will see the truth to God in situations. And some of that truth to God would be what's going to happen in the future. We were, in, um, we were in St. Mark's the other night, and there was a man um, up preaching and all that, but Jamie Cocker and up, and he was talking about ARC, and he was talking about how ARC are helping planting churches in Ireland and all the rest of it, but they're also, at this moment in time, helping to plant a church in Manchester and London. Isn't that what Manchester and London, okay. In 1993, again in 97, and somewhere around the early 2000s, There was three specific times in St. Mark's Church where other people came in from other countries and prophesied over Ireland that this is what God was going to do, that he was going to light little fires all around this country. Eventually, those little fires would become bigger fires, and those bigger fires would spread into Europe, okay? At that time, there was hardly 10 churches that you could think of in Ireland. There was loads of little people around the country who were saved and all the rest, but there wasn't hardly any churches. There was no movements. There was no big thing like Ark or anything like it. And what I was listening to on Thursday night was God's prophecy coming true in this country. Now, there's loads of other prophecies in this book that are written. If you read the history of Israel, and you just read back to what happened in the 40s when Israel became a nation again, and you go back to the book of Ezekiel, and daniel and some of the other prophets in the old testament they prophesied exactly what was going to happen in the 1940s that out of nowhere in one day israel would become a nation again and that's exactly what happened god says something's going to happen it will happen he told them to wait he was going to send them power what happened they waited he sent power He's promised you something and you've forgotten that he promised it. Or well, you don't believe him anymore because it hasn't happened quick enough. It's not on our timetable. I want to tell you today, he wants to tell you, I haven't forgotten what I said I'd do. You stop forgetting and you start believing because you're going to see things that you can't imagine if you will wait and you will be with me. Or you can go and do your own thing but you'll be the one who'll miss out on it. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. I see lots of visions. Your old men will dream dreams. I'm not there yet. I'm working on it. The dreams I have, they're not good ones. So so I'm sticking with the visions for a minute. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and billows of smoke. That's really exciting sounding, isn't it? The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the God of the Lord, sorry. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. Now, everyone will be saved. The Universalist Church will tell us everyone will be saved. Just live a good life and you'll be grand. That's not what the Scriptures teaches. It teaches us that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Well, we have through the holy spirit is the message of eternal life what we have through the power of the holy spirit is the power to spread that message what we have is the choices whether we spread it or not or do we just keep it to ourselves men of israel listen to this jesus of nazareth was a man accredited by god to you by miracles wonders and signs, which god did among you through him as you yourselves know This man was handed over to God by God's set purpose and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. Nah, 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 nah. nah. This is the guy who was scared of the girl, now killing all them. You killed him. It's all your fault. A couple of weeks beforehand, he was running away. Something's changed dramatically in this man. Something's changed. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep a hold of him. David said about him, I saw the Lord always before me because he was at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body will also live in hope because you will not abandon me to the grave and you will not let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Brothers, I can confidently tell you that the patriarch David died and was buried And his tomb is still here to this day. But he was a prophet. He was speaking of things that were to come through the power of God. And he knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on the throne. Seeing what was ahead, he spoke of the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to the grave, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of the fact. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children, for all who are far off, and for all whom the Lord our God calls. And with many other words, he warned them, and he pleaded with them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And those who accepted his message, were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. It's tons of that stuff. You could, you could preach on that for three years just in that message. Do you know what I mean? Like take a word for a word. But here's the stuff. God wants to change us dramatically. Not just a little bit. Not just 10% not just, like, a little bit there. He wants to change us radically and dramatically. And wherever we're at right now, like, I would consider myself relatively fairly sold out for God. Do you know what I mean? And many of us here would, too. And other people kind of have one foot in and one foot out. And some people are kind of, like, walking their way through and whatever. But even, no matter how deep you are with God, I Like I said, I think I'm fairly sold there for God. But I think there's loads more he wants to do in me, and through me, and for me, and with me. He wants to change me so much more. He wants to change what's happening so much more. He wants to bring you into somewhere new. But he doesn't expect you to go there on your own. He wants to do it through the power of his spirit in you. He wants to, he wants to do it in partnership when we get saved and the day you give your life to Jesus you get filled with the Spirit of God there is another part that we call the baptism of the Holy Spirit it's where we believe the power comes from but the day you get filled with the Holy Spirit you get filled with the Holy Spirit God does just dip his toe in and say I'll give you a bit and get out of there he gives you the whole, the whole shooting match I think the bit about the baptism is we step into the power that's already there, available to us, but it's dormant. And he just wants to release it. It's like it's like the power that's in in, in an electric wire. It's dormant until you turn the switch and release it into the light. I went and got batteries the other day for, for um for here, for, for home and for here and all the rest of it. AA batteries and and we've uh, the mic there, this thing, and even the mic I'm using, it has batteries in it. But they're dormant until I turn the thing on and use it. But the power is in there. And here's the other part of it. Some batteries have better power than others, don't they? Do you ever buy the batteries in the pound shop? <laughs> Two and a half <laughs> seconds later, they're dead. But they look good for three seconds. Okay? Then you buy the Panasonic ones. You get a half an hour out of them. Or an hour, depending on what you're doing. But then you get the Duracells. And they just keep going and going and going. And that little drummer rabbit is still drumming (laughs) hours later. Or then you get, you can plug it into the wall. And then it just keeps going. And it keeps going. I use the maps on my phone when I'm going there in the country because I don't know where I'm going and all the rest of it. And if I just leave it, the battery drains. But if I plug it in, it's continuously charging. Now, here's the thing. You can get a battery from God and stick it in, and it will bring you so far. You can get batteries in the world. You can, you can tap into things in this world that will give you a bit of power to do stuff, but they're not going to give you the power of the Holy Spirit to change your life. If you want to do that, you need to be plugged in and you need to stay plugged in. You can't do that by sticking. Even a Duracell battery will run out. A rechargeable battery will run out. It needs to be stuck back in somewhere and recharged. Or we can live life plugged in and continuously get recharged every day. Every day. So, what I want to invite you to do today is go, I want to get plugged in. I want to get plugged in. I don't care if you're already plugged in. Sergey so will tell you about this. she's learning to be an electrician. There's power and there's three phase power. Three phase power is like oomph, power on steroids. Yeah? We can have power on steroids. We don't have to just settle for a little three-pin plug. We can have one of them big dirty, big industrial things stuck into God. And he can zap you with power that will blow you and everyone around you away. We are supposed to be seeing miracles as a normal part of life. We're supposed to come up against problems that are unsolvable and see God solve them and not go back and go, oh my God, I didn't think he could do that. That's supposed to be normal for us. They prayed for a car years ago that was bonkers that didn't walk and they got four hundred and fifty thousand miles over it. Yes? True. What was the gear that wouldn't go into? Reverse? Never went into reverse. Debbie prayed? Never never failed again. Now you go, is God interested in your gearbox? probably not getting a parking space at super queen at christmas is not a miracle that's just means someone moved and you got the favor of god to be there at the right time but something like that without a mechanic fixing it maybe that works for you. he sent an angel to do it hebrews tells us angels are ministering servants sent to serve the people of god so maybe god sent an angel to fix the gearbox i don't know but they got four hundred thousand miles over after that That has to be something of a miracle God will change things for us. But we need to be plugged in. It's like, if you buy a car, you need two things, don't you? You need the keys to get into the thing and go. But you need to put petrol in it as well. You can have the most gorgeous car sitting out in the garage or out in the car park. But there's no petrol in it. It ain't going nowhere. If it's electric, you have to plug it in. Wherever it is, we are the most gorgeous things God has made on this planet. But most of us are running on reserve or empty. And God wants us to be plugged in. And God wants us to be going on power that's available to us and not on power that we're looking at other people and going, God, I couldn't mind having a bit of that. They don't have nothing that God doesn't want to give you. Only with more and with spades on. So there is a slide going to come up with the nice music on it. And I'm going to move this thing. And I don't normally do all the calls, but I'm doing them. I want to give you an invitation and it's not about me praying for you and it's not actually about anyone praying for it it's about if you want that power if you want that power then come to god and get it there's no one with magic hands i don't have any special woo, it's gonna make it happen the holy spirit is here and the thing is he wants you to have this so he's standing here with a gift If I told you there was 50 quid in that envelope and you just have to come up and take it on me, would you be coming up to get the 50 quid? What God has to give you is a lot more important than what could be in that. So your mission, should you decide to accept it, is to walk up and go, God, I want what you have for me. If you need healing, ask him for healing. If you need strength, ask him for strength. If you need something else, Ask him for it. If you're gone cold, ask him to set you on fire. If you're feeling distant, ask him to bring you close. If you've been running away, stop running. Stop running. You're breaking your heart and you're breaking his. So this says is open you want more of God, then get out of your chair and come up. There's nothing magical about this space. God's not only here, he's down there too. But there is something strategically important about you moving towards God. Because he said, when you turn towards me, I will turn towards him. I will come to you. So this space is open. I'm finished talking. We'll pray. If you want more of God, you come up here. You let Him fill you. This is not about, we can pray. I can pray with you if you want. But this is about you and God. Father, I just thank you for your heart towards us as a people. Lord, I thank you that you have in your heart plans and purposes for every single one of us. No matter how young or how old, but you have something that you want to do in every one of our lives. And I want to pray, Lord, that you would release that right now. That the power of your Holy Spirit would just come upon us right now. Just as on the day of Pentecost, that you would come, even as in tongues of fire, but that you would fill and you would burn and you would set free the people in this room to be all that you created him to be. Jesus, come. Spirit of God, move in this place, I pray. Move in this place, Lord. Move in this place. Set free. Lord, if there is healing needed right now, I pray you would bring healing. Lord, if there is freedom needed, I pray you would bring freedom. If there is regrets, if there is resentments, if there is hearts, that you would break them and set them free right now. And I ask it in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, you are the miracle worker. You are the way maker. You are the one who changes. Not me. Jesus told them to go and do not leave Jerusalem until you have an encounter with my spirit. Don't leave. The task that will come into your head is, what are you standing up here for? Don't be stupid. They're all looking at you. They're not. You wait. God is the one who will make a way. We used to sing a song, God will make a way where there seems to be no way. He will make a way. And whatever you need from him, he wants to fill you so much with his spirit. He wants to fill you so much that it will not be a struggle. It will not be a job. It will not be hard. It will be flowing will be flowing in you and through you
1: and out all
0: around us. That being his hands and feet, being salt and light, where you live, where you walk, will not be a struggle, it will just be who you are. You won't have to try and be anything, you just need to be you, with the Spirit of God coming through you. So God, you see all your people standing here looking for more of you. So come. Jesus. Come, Lord. you You telling me to do this. Come. Come, Jesus. Spirit of pray. Pray, people. Praise God. Ask him to come. Tell him about your situation. You don't need someone with magic hands. You just need to connect with him. He's here. He's all around you. He's inside of you. He wants to do this. Come. Pray. Reach out. Reach out and let him fill you. Reach out and let him fill you. God went after you today. He went after you scripture says that he will leave the 99 and go after the one we sang it earlier he will leave the 99 and go after the one he went after you today because he has more for you he has more for you to be he has more for you to do he has more for you don't leave here thinking that he doesn't know who you are he doesn't know the situation you're in And he doesn't know your life. He knows everything. And he went after you. Leave today known that the God of heaven and earth has your name engraved on his hands. Has your name engraved on his heart. And he knows you. And he went after you. Remember that all this week. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week. Amen. Thank you.